The MLB Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gam Podcast and are presented by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off your Shady Rays using promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgampodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500. We're also brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgampodcast.com slash edge to get started today. And welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast here for the Friday card. It is currently Thursday afternoon, May 18th. I'm your host for the episode, Scott Reichel, once again joined by Dylan Rockford. And together, we're going to go through the Friday games. But Dylan, I know you went on a rant earlier this week about your favorite team. I'm not saying it's because of you. But maybe you deserve some season tickets. Who knows? Yeah. You might have saved the season. How do you feel? I might have saved the season. It's crazy. I know. I went on that rant, and then what do you know? They went two in a row. But uh, glad they they called the young guys up a little bit. Uh, and if you would have told me last week they would have uh, taken the series against arguably the best team in baseball, I would have laughed at you. But uh, it's good to get the series win, and now Cleveland's coming to town. So another tough matchup. Yeah, Cleveland, I know, got the job done earlier on a Thursday. They still can't really hit, and no. coincidentally, they won the game 3-1 to one because, once again, they can't hit. So we'll see what happens, but it does seem like the Mets needed a bit of a boost, and that game-tying three-run homer into the walk-off homer by Alonzo seemed to maybe be the spark this team needed. So we'll see what happens moving forward but definitely is a good sign. And of course it is all because of Dylan's rant, but anything else you want to add uh, for the last couple of days in general, or do you want to just move on to the card today? Uh, It was a good game between, I don't know if you caught it between the angels back and forth with them and the uh, Orioles. Orioles wind up losing six to five Shohei Otani and Mike Trout winded up homering in that game. Uh, I took an L on that. I had the Orioles to keep it rolling, but other than that, uh, the first five under between the guardians and the white Sox hit. So one and one on the night, and we're looking to cash for the Dodgers on the run line. So since you're in New York, uh, Scott, are you? do you claim a favorite team, either the Yankees or the Mets, or you, you're impartial? No, I'm a big Yankees fan. Oh, okay. I had no idea. All right. Because usually people in Brooklyn, they're kind of like towards Mets fans, you know? Uh, for the most part, but uh, yeah. I grew up in a Yankees household, so I've always been a Yankees fan. It is annoying to watch them play at times, like it is for all of our favorite teams. It's not... Yeah. All sunshines and rainbows, unless I guess you're for the Astros because they've been dominating for the last five, ten years. But yeah, I've witnessed consciously one championship. I was born in 97, so technically I witnessed 98, 99, 2000, but I don't claim those because I don't remember yeah. any of them. But I remember 2009, so I got that yeah. in my back pocket. But yeah, I'm a big Yankees fan. So right, if that yeah, was never cool. stated, I'll state it. I am a big Yankees fan. You and Captain Insano, big Yankee guys. Yep, I'm not afraid to roast a player or two. I'm very anti-Glaber Torres. I was anti-Gary Sanchez. Now he's out of the league, so it appears I got that one right. He's actually the in your team. Him up. Yeah, the no, I was going to say, he's in the minors. So <laughs> hopefully you never see him in the pros. But, you know, no, we'll never. see. Either way, yeah, I'm a Yankees fan. So there you go. But anything else you want to talk about just for the last day or two? Any takeaways, injuries, anything? Uh, no, not really. I want to get your thoughts on the whole, like, possibly cheating scandal between judge and the little controversy between them and the Toronto blue Jays. Then you had the bench coaches getting after it. What are your thoughts about that? Well, there's two parts. One German cheated. He's an idiot. So that's yeah. the end of the second part of that. 
I think it was a giveaway he was cheating when his ERA over the past month was like one in change. That's probably a sign he was cheating based on his career. The judge thing, really, I, I didn't think he was cheating at all. And I feel like a lot of people that thought he was either A, wanted to believe it because it's the Yankees and the Yankees are pretty well hated, or B, the fact is they didn't really apply context to the situation. I don't think it's a coincidence that Aaron Boone got ejected earlier in that at bat and then the players started chirping from the bench roughly a pitch later. The timing really suggested that somebody was still yelling from the bench right after Boone got ejected. And Judge talked about it in the postgame yeah. interview in the locker room, basically saying our manager just got ejected. We're up 6 nothing. Shut up. I'm trying to focus at the plate. So I don't think he was cheating personally. Of course, Toronto is going to play it up because it's a division rivalry thing. And mm -hmm. I know the announcers were suggesting it was a bit sketchy. I don't think it was that sketchy when you remember that Aaron Boone literally got ejected about two pitches prior. So that is the context you kind of need for that situation. The Dramon situation, it's just him being an idiot. So that's kind of my stance on both of them. I don't know if you agree or disagree. Yeah, I agree on the Herman. Um, he's an idiot. And then when all four umps literally were patting his gloves, and even when he went back to the dugout, Anthony Rizzo was patting it, and he even felt this sticky and like kind of walked away and shook his head. So he was clearly in the wrong when he was almost caught the first time uh, cheating. And then yeah, I didn't think Aaron. Uh, I didn't think um, Aaron Judge was cheating at all. It didn't even look like he was looking down at the catcher. He was looking at the dugout like you were suggesting so yeah I don't, Aaron Judge is not that type of player and he still smacked the ball 450 feet the next pitch so okay homered later in the at bat and then he homered the game after and yeah he kind of dominated Toronto for the first couple games of the series I know they lost the game three nothing yesterday no runs in 10 innings but the point is the judge part of it. I think people just wanted to believe he was cheating yeah. because a lot of people hate the Yankees. But for the context of Boone getting ejected earlier in that same at bat, I think it was a bunch of nothing. Yeah. The German one, to be honest, it was just funny just because of how badly he was cheating and how obvious it was. It was pretty funny. You could it even wasn't see Pineda it. back of the neck against the Red Sox on national TV. Like That's that an all-timer. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't Phil Necro with the nail filer on the mound and he tries to chuck it when the umps are like investigating him back in the 80s. It wasn't that bad, but it was pretty bad. You even see him in between innings put his hand on his hip and kind of go in it, and then it's like a different color of his skin, and it yeah. was like – it was so and obvious. And he wiped some of it down on the jersey, and you could tell yeah. that it was completely just brown. Like, no, he, he was clearly cheating. Yeah. Uh, but I don't have anything else. You want? You have anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, let's get right into it. All right. Uh, so starting off with the card, by the way, just to recap how I did on the last episode that I was on, I ended up splitting. I had the Orioles money line with Kramer on the mound against the Angels. They won that one. And unfortunately, I lost with the Dimebacks run line against Oakland. That was the extra inning game they lost. And they were up 8-4, gave up a grand slam, and they lost in extras. There were no runs in the 10th inning, the 11th inning, the top of the It was awful extra uh, extra inning baseball it was really bad yeah. somebody bunt i'd appreciate it you know if you move the guy <laughs> over to third base but either way i ended up splitting so it could have been better could have been worse but it is what it is anyway time to actually move on to the friday card and i'm gonna go in chronological order gonna start off with the dimebacks taking on the pirates dimebacks are around minus 165 if you want to look for the pirates on the other end you can currently find them at plus 135 give or take over under seven and a half slight juice to the over 
Diamondbacks minus one and a half runs is plus 105. uh, Pirates plus one and a half is minus 125. It is Gallon against Oviedo. So obviously the Diamondbacks have a massive pitching advantage. Simply put, I'm personally leaning to Arizona. I'm not going to overthink this. They're a good road team. They're playing well. Pittsburgh, besides the first couple of weeks, has fallen off a cliff and then some. I'm on the Diamondbacks run line here in Gallon. I trust. Yeah, hundred percent. I even see it down to minus one fifty over at DK on the money line, and I think that's a very generous price. I like that as well. I also like the under under eight. I set my total at six point seven. I really like Zach Gallon as well, and I know he's been better at home than on the road. But against the Pirates, who have been like you said, kind of fell off the cliff this past week. I think he'll be able to have some success against them. Maybe you want to look towards a K prop, depending on the opening line. He has 70 strikeouts on the season, averaging a little over seven Ks per start. Both teams the past 10 games been trending toward under D-backs, four and six toward the under their last 10, while the Pirates four, five, and one toward the under their last 10. So I think we see a lower scoring game. I think we see a D-backs win. I'll take the under and D-backs. Yeah, Gallon personally is one of my favorite pitchers in the league. Uh, apologies to Munaf, whose Cy Young might have gone up in flames <laughs> earlier this week because uh, Steele got buried by Houston. Yeah. Embarrassing loss by Chicago last night, separate story. But Gallon, I don't know where he currently ranks in terms of odds according to the Cy Young race, but he's got to be somewhere in the top five. I mean, he's been incredible. He's been great in years past. Arizona's actually good. This year, so he might actually get a bit of buzz there. It is possible. We saw Webb win a couple of Cy Youngs at Arizona, and nobody watches Arizona play baseball. So I think Gallon's got a shot to win it. You? Yeah, I think so. I'm trying to look at the net. He's actually the favorite to win the NL Cy Young at plus. He is the favorite. Okay, good for he him. Is. Yeah, he is, and I think he deserves to be because besides him, who else? Spencer Strider. That's about it in the National League, I think. So he definitely deserves to, and I think he's ma- mainly the par- uh, the reason why the D-backs have had such success this season. Yeah, the issue with New York is that they don't exactly give you award markets, which is unfortunate. You have to go to Jersey for that. So I don't have access at this current point in time to actually see the Cy Young race and the odds uh, according to it. But Gallon being the favorite is a bit surprising to me. I thought he'd be somewhere in the top three, I figured Strider would be in first just because so, of the fact he almost had the no-hitter. He's yeah. going to probably lead the National League in strikeouts. I assume that Strider would be the favorite, but I'm not going to complain about it. I think Gallon's a great well, pitcher. Especially since Braves will probably win the division as well. Uh, Zach Allen plus 180, Spencer Strider two, plus 270, and then you have Kershaw at 12-1. to 1. Kershaw's got no chance. So, no, I don't no. agree. And no then, offense who, to him, I doubt he stays healthy. Yeah, I agree. And then Julio Rios, uh, twenty to one. Zach Wheeler, twenty-two to one. And then Mitch Keller rounds up the top six at twenty-five to one. And I don't think Mitch Keller has a chance. It's not. No offense to him. It's not a good sign for the Cy Young when Mitch Keller is your sixth lowest odds guy. <laughs> it's probably one of the two. Yeah, between Strider and Gallon, I just figured Strider would be favored because he's probably yeah. going to lead the National League in strikeouts. So we'll see what happens. But Gallon, big fan as a pitcher. Oviedo, not the biggest fan. Five plus ERA, not great. I'm on Arizona run line, and I feel like we see this the same way. Yes. All right. Uh, so moving on to the next game, you have a matchup between the Brewers and the Rays. Do I see odds on this game? I do not. Now I'm assuming the Rays will be pretty hefty favorites. I know Milwaukee's good, but you have McClanahan on the mound at home against Hauser. Hauser, five plus ERA. McClanahan, seven and zero. Oh. 2.34 ERA. 
He was cruising for the first couple innings against the Yankees over the weekend, and then he got buried, I believe, in the fifth inning, gave up a couple of runs, and he got chased, and then Tampa's bullpen blew the game. But McClanahan still 7-0. We know he's one of the best pitchers in the league. And Milwaukee, I know that they're solid, or they've been pretty good recently. They also got shut down by uh, a relatively unknown pitcher with the Cardinals yesterday. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm not sold on the offense. I'm on Tampa. They're great at home. They're great in general. I'm not going to overreact to them losing a series to the Mets because the Mets, once again, are still a talented team. They're just underachieving. I'm going with Tampa. You got Tampa's ace going up against a mediocre pitcher for Milwaukee, and Milwaukee can't really hit. I'm going to go with Tampa. I think they kind of bury Milwaukee in the spot. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to take the Rays first five minus a half. I like the Rays run line. No, no lines like you said, but I still want to see a little more out of Adrian Hauser. This is only his third start of the season, and this is going to be his toughest uh, game yet against one of the best hitting teams. Rays coming back home after being on the road. They thrive at home 19 and three straight up. 27 and 17 on the run line this season. And Brewers are not a good hitting team, especially against lefties, 216. Rays are just a much better team coming back home with their ace on the mound. I just, like you said, I just think this is a bad spot for the Brewers. I'm going to be all over the Rays in this one. Uh, and like you mentioned, uh, Shane McClanahan, he's second for AL uh, Cy Young at plus 440. That doesn't totally shock me. Uh, we know how good he was last year. He was basically a finalist for the award, and then he got injured. And mm-hmm. at that point, for the last month or so, he was on the shelf. So I'm not shocked he's back into the uh, favorite category for Cy Young. Tampa always has somebody in the top five yeah. in the Cy, so I'm not totally shocked. Speaking of which, I know Glass now has actually been doing well in his rehab start, so he might come back sometime soon. Tampa's dangerous. You know, they're always dangerous. The pitching's always good, and McClanahan's the main piece of that. If you had to guess the money line in this game, 190, 200, maybe? Oh, probably. I'm thinking 240. Because Milwaukee's still a solid team. Like, I, I feel yeah. like if it were, they were against the bottom feeder, probably 240. I'm going to lean 200 because McClanahan did struggle last time out. Yeah, he did. I just, I think uh, Trevor, he meant, makes a good point. Brewers just the worst against left-handed pitchers as well. So I, I, I would agree. Maybe I was a little, maybe a little too uh, cautious saying 240. He's, they're definitely a two-to-one favorite. They have yeah, to be. That's how I'm looking at it. But I'm going to go with Tampa, and I'll definitely lean to Milwaukee on the team total under. Trevor mentioning that the Brewers do have the worst uh, numbers really just against left-handed pitching on the road this season. They can't hit lefties. It is what it is. So yeah. I'm going to be on McLennan to get the job done there. Uh, moving on to the next game, looking at a matchup uh, between just trying to figure out which order I want to go in here. All right, we'll do a game that automatically has a line on it. We're going to do the Cubs and the Phillies game. Cubs are slight underdogs at plus 110. Phillies are minus 130. Over-under is 8.5. Slight juice to the over. Uh, Phillies minus one and a half is plus 150. Ranger Suarez on the mound taking on Stroman. The Cubs are off of a couple of really, really bad losses to Houston over the past couple days. Embarrassing loss last night. I believe they gave up four runs in the ninth inning. Yeah. Any thoughts here? Because Philly, I know that Harper's back and the offense is still pretty good. The bullpen's still a mess. Yeah. They are still 11 and seven at home while the Cubs are eight and 13 on the road. But I think we'd agree that Stroman is the better pitcher. I'm, I think I'm going to lean to Chicago here. With the better pitcher, you're getting plus money. I'm not the biggest Suarez guy, 6.75 ERA. Not a high-velocity guy, mostly a pitch-to-contact guy, which could be a problem. I know Bellinger got injured 
So the Cubs offense is a little bit shorthanded. I'm not sure if he was going to play anyway because Suarez is a lefty. But I'm going to lean to the Cubs here. They still outplayed the the Astros for part of that series. Unfortunately, they choked it away late. But I'm going to lean to the Cubs. I like the plus money. Yeah, I agree 100%. I actually don't understand the line. I took the Cubs earlier in the day, uh, plus 115. Still like them at plus 110. I made him a minus 140 favorite. Uh, Ranger Suarez has only made one start, and now he's a minus 130, minus 140 favorite against the Cubs, who are a top five hitting team. I just don't get it. Uh, I get the Cubs. They're not playing the best baseball right now, two and eight in their last 10, but neither are the Phillies. The Phillies have lost four straight as well. So Stroman, he has familiarity with this Phillies team pitching with the Mets and the NLEs. And I got to see a little more from Ranger Suarez before I start to back him, especially at this price. I think this is a good test for him. As for Stroman, his last outing was his worst one of the year. He only lasted two and two thirds against the Twins, giving up six runs. But I think this is a nice bounce back spot for him on the road against a struggling uh, Phillies team. So plus 110. I'm going to take the Cubs to get back in the win column as well. Yeah, uh, but moving on to the next game here, we're going to talk about the Yankees taking on the Reds in a rare matchup between those two teams. Uh, there's supposed to be some rain, so there is a chance this game does get postponed, but you have Clark Schmidt taking on Lively, and the total, as far as I know, is not at 20, so I'm going to go to the over. Uh, yeah, uh, this lot, if you see the um, money line, it's minus 140 for the Yankees, plus 120 for the Reds. This line stinks to me. I really didn't want to take the Yankees with Schmidt on the mound, but at this price, I feel like I have to. The Yankees are playing good baseball, 7-3 in their last 10. They're swinging the bat well, whereas the Reds, they're kind of up and down, a little too inconsistent for me. Yankees, they have a top-five bullpen, so if Schmidt does run into trouble the bullpen should be able to back him up not the most confident play but i do think the yankees should win this game if they if they able to get it in so i'll take the yankees here yeah i'm looking on DraftKings. i don't see a line but i like the over whatever the yeah. number is i'm very anti-schmidt i don't think lively is good either uh the only no. concern with the yankees is really the bullpen and the injuries that they're dealing with because they've been really really just heavily worked for the last couple of days, whether it involved extra innings, whether it involved Jermon getting ejected after basically three innings, they've had to use a lot of relievers without much relief for them or days off. I know Hamilton got injured. He was one of their better relievers. He kind of came out of nowhere. Cincinnati's bullpen, though, surprisingly not bad compared to most years. I actually think I'm going to lean to Cincinnati here, but I'm on the over. I don't like either pitcher. I see a lot of runs in this game. I'm going to go with the over, but keep an eye out for the weather because there is a chance that game does get delayed. Uh, but moving on to the next game, going to look at a matchup between the Tigers and the Nationals uh, taking place at around 7 p.m. You have Matthew Boyd taking on Irvin, and as according to the lines here, it's basically a pick em. The Tigers are minus 115. The Nationals are minus 105. As for the over-under, it is at 8.5. Slight juice to the over at minus 120. And the under is roughly even money. If you want the Tigers minus one and a half, you can get it at plus 135. Jake Irvin, relative unknown, but so far this season, meh. I feel like that's a good way to sum it up. Yeah. Nationals didn't exactly perform that well against the Marlins over the last couple of days. A couple of tough losses. I know that they lost by walk-off home run, I believe, a couple of nights ago to Solaire. But any thoughts on this game? Because Detroit's been playing better baseball lately until they got one hit by Dick Mountain the other day. <laughs> 
Uh, any yeah. thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, it's going to be another dog for me. I took the Nationals earlier in the day at plus 120. I still like him at minus 105. I made him a minus 130 favorite. I'm going to fade Matthew Boyd in this spot. He gives up a ton of hits. The walks are high. And on the other hand, like you said, Jake Irvin, he's been eh, he's been all right for the Nationals. He hasn't been good. He hasn't been great. But he's only had that one bad start against the Mets. But outside of that, I think he's been okay. At Nationals, they are a better hitting team. They've been playing competitive baseball this past week i'd rather back them at home than the tigers on the road i just i'm not a big fan of matthew boyd so i'm gonna fade him uh i'll take the nationals here at home yeah i think i'm gonna lean that way too both teams aren't good nationals are eight and 14 at home the tigers are nine and 12 on the road but irvin and boyd i will give a slight lean to irvin there i liked boyd in years past then he had a bunch of surgeries uh, on his arm so he's not the same guy he used to be nationals against lefties have been pretty good this year so I'll yeah. lean to Washington as well, and hopefully they get it done at home. Uh, but moving on to the next game, this will be the last game before we go to a break. Uh, looking at a matchup between the Orioles and the Blue Jays, you have Kyle Gibson on the mound against Kikuchi. Uh, Blue Jays are minus 145. Orioles are plus 125. As for the actual over-under, it's at 9 flat. Over's minus 120. Under is plus 100. Blue Jays minus one and a half is plus 135. Kikuchi been really, really good this year. His ERA isn't amazing, amazing, but it's 3.89, which is light years ahead of where it was in previous years. But it's 5-0. and Toronto's giving him some run support. And Toronto, not sure what's going to happen with the Yankees game tonight, but they did win a nice in-walk-off fashion yesterday. Maybe they'll keep it rolling. We know Bichette's been arguably the best hitter in the American League. I believe he's still leading the league in batting average. Carrero's been good lately, uh, but you're looking at the lineup compared to Baltimore. Baltimore's been good. I've never been a big Gibson guy. I think I'm going to take the Cooch at home just because he's been good this year. I like the price. Yeah, I'm going to go with the total. I do like it at minus 145. I made the Blue Jays a minus 165. So I do like the Blue Jays play there. I'm going to go under nine and a half. I got at minus 115. I still like under nine. I made my total 8.8. You know, we've been waiting to fade Kikuchi to regress, but he just hasn't so far. His worst start was his second start back in the beginning of the season against the Angels. Outside of that, he's been lights out. And he was great um, in spring training too. Yeah, I, I it's just, it looks like a totally different picture than we're accustomed to seeing in previous years. The Blue Jays, like you mentioned, they've won seven of his last eight starts, which is good if you're on the Blue Jays like you are. His walks are down, strikeouts are high, which you love to see. And I agree, Kyle Gibson, he just hasn't been the best guy for the Orioles. But four of his last five starts have gone under the number as well. So playing in some lower scoring games recently, this is a travel spot. Uh, Orioles traveling up to Canada after today. Bats may be a little tired, so I'm going to fade both lineups in this one. I do like the Blue Jays to win, and I also like the under nine. Yeah, I'm going to lean to the under as well, especially at even money on the nine. You can make an argument that the travel spot's not that bad for Baltimore because their yeah. game was the earliest game today. So they had extra time to potentially fly in early to Toronto. I'm not sure what the travel schedule was. They might have flown in tonight anyway. But the point is, in theory, they could have gotten an early trip to Toronto, which could definitely help out. But we're going to, we're going to continue with the rest of the Friday card Right after we talk about our sponsor, Edge Boost, SGPN is excited to announce an early or exclusive early access partnership with Edge Boost, the world's first bet now, pay later Visa card, similar to buy now, pay later programs like Affirm and Afterpay. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest and pay back the advance over four equal 
and weekly installments. That's right, 0% interest. Simply deposit funds into your account and EdgeBoost will match the deposit so you can use two times the funds on any legal sports betting site. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in advances as you build a repayment history. Maybe for your Edge Boost double down play today, maybe you like the under in that Toronto game tomorrow. Maybe you're liking Gallon minus one and a half against Pittsburgh. Choice is yours, but the point is you can still get a very good deal there with two times the funds that you can deposit with, with EdgeBoost matching it. But with the special offer, the first 500 SGPN users will start at a $1,000 advance limit, and the next 2,500 users will start at $500. Go to sportscampodcast.com slash edge to sign up today. That's sportscampodcast.com slash edge. Must be 21 or older to use. Only valid in legal gambling states. Problem gambling? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back, everyone, to the MLB Gambling Podcast. Basically halfway through the Friday card here with Dylan, and now it's time to continue where we left off. So going to continue with the team that you brought back to life, the <sighs> Mets taking on the Guardians. The Mets are around minus 155, give or take, and you can see the Guardians at around plus 130. Over-unders at eight, slight juice to the over, and the Mets minus one and a half is plus 140. You have Quantrill against Carrasco, I know the Mets offense has been inconsistent. I know the Guardians can't hit. I think I'm going to go with a team total over for the Mets. I am very, very anti-Carrasco. I know he's been around for a long time. He had a very, very good run for a while. He's been a mess. His ERA is over eight. I don't really think he's got much left in the tank at, the, at this point. I'm not a Quantrill guy either, though. I'd lean full game over, but I really don't like Cleveland's bats. I think I'm on the Mets team total. Yeah, I'm not going to go on another rant today, but it's simple. Guardians money line, uh, keep fading them and they keep winning. So this is my way of hopefully getting the Mets back in here. Uh, I did make the Mets a minus 130 favorite, but I, I just can't take the Mets. I'm going to trust my eyes. This team isn't it. Cookie Carrasco, he's making his first start uh, since getting hurt. But before that, he was the worst. He was just getting smoked left and right. I don't trust him. I don't trust Qual- Cal Quantrill either. He was good last Last year, only trust Cal Quantrill at home on the road, much different pitcher. So Guardians, not much better. Uh, I like the under. I set my total at 8.1. So get an eight and a half under been in a lot of low scoring type of games. The Mets offense kind of broke out late. So it's kind of inconsistent, I would say, but I still don't really believe in the Mets. So give me the Guardians here at plus money. It's one of those spots where I I like the current form the Mets are in because they've won two straight, and they are kind of overdue for a decent run. Having said that, there's no chance I'm laying 150 with Carrasco. Absolutely not. So I'm going to link to the team total over. Carrasco gets shelled, not my problem. Hopefully they'll just score enough runs to you know deal with it. But moving on to the next game, you have a matchup between the Mariners and the Braves. Battle of young pitchers, you have Miller taking on Elder. Both pitchers have been really, really good this year. Miller has a .47 ERA, and Elder has a 1.94 ERA. Uh, Braves are a favorite at home. Not exactly surprising there, as they are minus 140. Seattle's plus 120. Over-unders at 8.5. The over is minus 115. And the Braves on the run line is plus 145. First glance, I like the under. I just mentioned how good the pitchers are. This total feels way too high to me. I have faith in both pitchers, and Seattle, they've been roughed up a couple of times against Boston over the last couple of days. Castillo got shelled, Gonzalez got shelled yesterday, but I do like the current form of the of the starting pitcher for this game. 
I'm on the under. This number feels a bit high to me. Is there a chance that either guy gets shelled? If I'm concerned about anybody, it probably would be Miller because Atlanta's offense is significantly better than Seattle's offense this year. But I like both pitchers. I'm on the under. This number feels a bit high. Yeah, I agree. I like the under, and I also like the Braves. I got it at a minus 132. I think you could still find that on FanDuel, but short price here for the Braves at home. Uh, I made them a minus 160 favorite. Bryce Elder has quietly been one of the Braves' top pitchers this season. 196 ERA at home, only five runs given up in 23 innings. Mariners, they're not really a good hitting team. They they rank in the bottom half of the league, while the Braves, they're a top 10 lineup. But Bryce Miller, like you said, he's been really solid in his first three starts. He's only given up one run in those three starts, which is also why I like the under nine. You got winds blowing in from center field around seven miles an hour, but this is going to be his toughest task. I do think if one pitcher will get rocked is will be Bryce Miller, but I think we see a lower scoring game. Braves edge out maybe a 3-1, 4-1 type game, but uh, I like the Braves and the under as well. Yeah, I'm still picking Atlanta, uh, even though they have been a bit underwhelming at home. They're only 10-9, and but I do think that Miller, despite performing well, Atlanta is another test, and I think he might yeah. struggle in this one. But for Atlanta at home with a very good starting pitcher, I do think it's a good price. I know you talk a lot about how the Mets have been underachieving, how they have not been great this year. I can't argue with that. Seattle's not far behind. They're below 500. They had a lot of expectations. They just have not been very good this year. Atlanta, despite being mediocre at home, is still 11 over. I still think they're going to run away with the division. So I think Atlanta is just a much better team. Simply put, so I'm on the Braves. Yeah, another team that's been uh, the the team that's playing the Mets, the Guardians. They're another team that's kind of yeah. underachieving as well this season. Well, they're underachieving, but then again, they also play in easily the worst division in the entire <laughs> league, besides probably the NL Central. Yeah, and even with the Guardians last year, they could never hit. So nothing's really changed. Just the pitching has regressed. So I'm not totally shocked that Cleveland's struggling. We'll see what happens. I know Minnesota's gotten off to a good start. So we'll see if they can hold on. That's kind of what happened last year. Cleveland was yeah. a mess. Minnesota was running away with the division. And then the rumors Baldelli was going to get fired because the team imploded. Buxton got hurt again. And the Guardians won the division. So yeah. we'll see. I expect that division to be a bit of a war down the stretch. But Cleveland, as you put uh, correctly, they've also been underwhelming. But moving on to the next game here. Uh, just making sure I'm not skipping any lines here. You have a matchup between the Rockies and the Rangers. You have Perez taking on undecided. I love that guy. I feel like he's on about 15 different teams, but I don't see any lines here. I see ESPN has the Rangers listed at minus 205, but there's no actual pitcher for Colorado. Yeah, I don't have much more to add. Uh, I see the totals at nine. Once again, that's according to ESPN. I believe they're partnered with Caesars. So maybe mm-hmm, you could find the line at Caesars, but I don't I don't see anything on Colorado. I know they had a nice comeback win against Ashcraft and the Red yesterday. I'm pretty sure they scored 11 runs in the fifth and sixth innings combined, uh, but they really weren't that great in that series. Any thoughts on this matchup? Because I don't know who's pitching for Colorado, and I know Texas is better, but do I really want to lay $2? Like, I don't think I want to lay $2. I think I'm going to hold my nose and lean Colorado. Yeah, so earlier in the day, I saw Kaufman going for the Rockies, and then he got taken off the board. So I don't really know what's going to go on pitching-wise. Is that an upgrade or a downgrade? I don't even know. I don't know at this point, to be honest. I I haven't even heard of the guy, so probably a downgrade. But uh, 
Yeah, I'll probably lean the Rangers first five minus a half or the Rangers run line. The Rangers, th- this team has easily become one of my favorite teams to back this season. Martin Perez at home, he's been lights out, and I think he'll be able to limit the bats of the Rockies. Uh, like I said, they don't have a pitcher yet listed. might be a bullpen game, but uh, Rangers top five offense. They've been averaging 5.6 runs in their past five games. So I think they jump out early, especially if it is a bullpen game. So Rangers first five minus a half, that's my favorite play. I think my main concern with Texas lighting this big of a price is how underwhelming the bullpen's been recently. Yeah, They really can't hold on to a lead. It's been yeah. a problem for a couple of weeks. So maybe you can look for a live team total or a live spread on Colorado. Colorado's bullpen stinks too, though, which is a problem. But maybe Colorado team total. You mentioned Perez has been good at home. You, may, you might be able to jump on it if Perez gets pulled and you could have some fun fading the Rangers' bullpen, which has probably made you a lot of money if you've been doing it for the last couple of weeks. But once again, it's two dollars. I'll take a spin with the Rockies. But yeah, moving the ra- on. The ra- real Sorry. quick before you go on, the Rangers uh, bottom five bullpen this season. They they rake, but they, like you said, they can't hold on to the lead to save their life. Four forty eight ERA out of the pen. I really feel bad, Jacob Degrom. He's out again. Who's so. the closer again? Ian Kennedy. Is Kennedy Ian the Ke- official closer? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is he officially the closer though, or they kind of just use a committee? I think they use a committee, but he's the guy they trot out the most, I see. That's not a good sign. No. <laughs> Shout out to him, though, for winning a Cy Young about 10 years ago. But uh, moving on to the next game, you have the Royals taking on the White Sox. Uh, you have Granke taking on Kopech. Both pitchers, basically identical numbers, uh, both 1-4, and four, both 5-plus ERA. White Sox are favored. They are around minus 145. And looking at Granke, it is around plus 120 for the Royals. Over-unders at 9.5, unders at minus 115, overs at minus 105. I'm not saying the Royals are good, but they were okay against the Padres over the last couple of days. I know they won the game yesterday because San Diego keeps stranding guys on base. But Granke has been hit or miss. Kopech has been a very underwhelming option for the White Sox. I guess I'm just going to ask you straight up. Granky has a 7.71 ERA on the road, but he has given up less than four earned in each of the last three starts. Do you dare want to take the White Sox minus 140? No, can't take it. I was going to take the White Sox, but the number just kept increasing. I saw it at a minus 110. Then I, then I was like, okay, maybe. But then earlier, later as the day went on, I saw minus 130, minus 140. Now it's back down to minus 130. So... I like the over, to be honest. I got a nine. I I, I made my total 9.8. I'm just going to fade both pitches. Granky, Kopech, I think we're going to see runs galore. You want to fade Granky on the road, like you mentioned, 771 ERA on the road. He hasn't given up more than four runs, but seven home runs. Batters are hitting 308. I think it's the long ball that really concerns me with him. And Kopech, he isn't backable either, in my opinion, but I think both are good to give up a few runs. Overs at home for the White Sox have been profitable, 13 and 7 toward the over, 23 and 18 toward this on the season. We also have wins blown. Going out into center field. So don't want to back either side. Uh, Granky on the road is a total fade. So I think we see some runs. I'm going to get the, go on the over. Yeah, I think I'm going to go back to all reliable here, which worked on the podcast last week. I'll take Kansas City team total over. They've been hitting the ball well lately. Uh, and Perez has gotten going. You're looking at really just all the options they have in Kansas City. And their lineup isn't as bad as you might think it is. 
and they've been performing lately. So I'll go back to the team total over there for Kansas City. But moving on to the next game, I'm going to look at a matchup between the A's and the Astros. To be honest, I had the A's team total over yesterday at three and a half. I went yeah. for the boldest stance known to man. And unfortunately, they went two for nine with runs in scoring position. And Kemp got thrown out at home plate in the seventh inning. And they only scored three runs. They really brought in Fujinami to pitch the ninth inning. I am disgusted. But anyway, <laughs> uh, you have the Astros at around minus 250 on the money line. You have the A's at around plus 200. Uh, the run line here, the Astros are minus 125. The A's are plus 105 on the plus one and a half. Over-unders at nine and a half. Unders at minus 120. Overs at even money. You have Bielek against Waldachuk. Straightforward, I'm taking Houston to bury this team. Houston's gone going. And it was about time, but they had a nice couple of wins there against Chicago, which maybe they didn't deserve. They've been hitting very well, whether it involves Bregman starting to wake up a little bit. Jordan's a monster. We all know that. I still am a big fan of McCormick. I think he's a very solid player, too. I think Houston buries them this entire weekend. I think Houston wins arguably every game of the series by multiple runs. I think Houston kills them. I'm on Houston here on the run line. Yeah, I agree. This one, at first, it was tough to cap, but couldn't really find a play. But ultimately, I came down on the same side. Astros minus one and a half. Maybe Astros team total over. But, you know, I tried to find a way to back the A's, especially at over $2. But then when you really dive into Ken Walderchuk, he's been horrific on the road. A's just 2-8 and eight in their last 10. While, like you said, Astros playing really good baseball. They've won four straight. They're hitting the ball well. And 21 of their 24 wins have come by two or more runs. So, <clears throat> excuse me, they are profitable on the run line. I think they destroyed the A's all weekend as well. So, nothing to really uh, glance over on this one. I'm going to take the Astros here on the run line. Yeah, uh, I think once again, Houston's waking up. They're still a bit underpriced, in my opinion. Watching Oakland with a team total over, first of all, I'm not going to do it again. So, that's, that's simply put, but... It was a good read. Unfortunately, they just went two for nine with guys on base, but they are just so underwhelming offensively. A really fun stat I noticed while I was watching the game, Tony Kemp had a single, I believe in the seventh inning of that game against Arizona. Prior to that single, I believe he was 0 for 41 in day games. Wow. This season, what a stat. 0 for 41. He asked for the baseball in the middle of the game. Because he was 0 for 41 in day games. He asked for the baseball and they gave it to him. I just thought that, that was kind of amusing. That's but, hilarious. Yeah. But anyway. Well, I saw you and Munaf were on the team total. And I, and I was checking the score because you're a real degenerate, I would say, if you're really watching the A's baseball games nowadays. But I was, I was checking the scores and I saw, I was like, oh, they got three runs. I was like, they're probably going to catch this. And then they stayed on three. They stayed on three. <laughs> they had a guy thrown out at home plate. They oh, stranded man. a bunch of guys. I had an extra inning draw, and Fujinami comes out to pitch the ninth. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to lose. Immediate double for Guriel. I'm like, yeah, okay, game's over. You can't uh, make so, it yeah, up. I, ex- I experienced that, uh, which wasn't a fun time yesterday afternoon. But Tony Kemp asking for the baseball, breaking an 0 for 41 streak in day games this season, made me laugh. So I guess that's yeah. the trade-off. But anyway, yeah. uh, moving on to the next game. You have a matchup between the Dodgers and the Cardinals. Dodgers are minus 140 on the road. Cardinals are plus 120. Uh, you have the Dodgers minus one and a half at plus 120. Cardinals plus one and a half at minus 140. Over-unders at eight and a half. Overs at minus 115. Under is at minus 105. You have Gonsolin on the mound, who's been good this year. 1.42 ERA against Mets legend Steven Matz, who has been atrocious. 
0-4 record, 5.62 ERA. I don't get this price at all. The Cardinals have been very underwhelming this year. They've been a little bit better lately because they couldn't yeah. have gone any worse. But I don't know how the Dodgers are only 135 here. Matt's has been brutal for years, and Gonsolin's been good. I'm on the Dodgers. Can you explain to me why this is minus 140? Yeah, give me the Dodgers here. I, I made him a minus 160 favorite, Scott. Steven Matt shouldn't get any respect from the books. I, I don't understand this line at all. He's had one good start this season. That's literally it. The Cardinals, like you said, they've seen to turn things around at the moment, eight and two in their last 10, but they're still last in their division. So they still got a ways to go. Dodgers, they swept the Cardinals a few weeks ago in LA. Now going to St. Louis, I think they'll have similar success. Cardinals. 8-14 and 14 straight up at home this season. Cardinals, they've lost three of Matt's four uh, st home starts. And for the Dodgers, Go Goslin, he has yet to give up a run on the road. He's been dealing. I, I think the Dodgers are a much better team, just in general hitting. They have the better pitchers. So I like the Dodgers, and I also like the over 8.5. I think the uh, Dodgers score a lot of runs. Yeah, I'm going to go with the team total instead. Uh, Cardinals offense has been hit or miss. I know that... Uh, I believe it was Noah who talked about Wade Miley having really, really bad numbers against the Cardinals. And he got injured midway through, but the Cardinals only scored like two runs the entire game. Offensively, they really don't have much. Arenado's been a lunatic uh, when it comes to home runs. Yeah. I think he homered in five straight games. And we know Goldschmidt's still really good. But besides those two guys, has O'Neal been good? Not yeah, really. Not really. Has... I mean, you're trying to think of who else they got. Newt Bar has he been like no? Like I, no. I don't think they have much talent on the overall uh, lineup right now. Contreras have been underwhelming so far this season. Maybe he can get it going, but we'll see. I'm on the Dodgers. They're a much better team, much better starting pitcher, and Matt's has been a mess. And on top of that, you have a DH now in the National League, so Matt's can't even hit. Yeah, <laughs> right? and he and that was his go-to. He was a hitting pitcher. Yeah, that's why I brought it up because I remember yeah. that was like his main claim to fame. When he first got called up with the Mets, I think he went like three, four, four for four. four. Or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And people went nuts for it. But yeah, not anymore. Uh, so moving on to the next game, going to look at a matchup between the, the Twins and the Angels. You have the Twins at minus 125, and you have the Angels at plus 105. Uh, the over unders at eight. Slight juice of the over at minus 125, and the Twins on the run line are, my, are uh, plus 135. You have Ryan against Detmers. Another pitching mismatch on paper. Uh, Ryan's been really, really good. 6-1, 2.16 ERA. Detmers really peaked during the no-hitter because he hasn't been good since. 0-3 uh, this year, 4.89 ERA. The Angels actually won a game in which Trout and Otani homered for one, so congrats to them. But Minnesota's the better team, much better starting pitcher. I don't think Detmers is that good, so I'm going to go with Minnesota. Yeah, this is my favorite play for tomorrow. Uh, give me the Twins on the money line, minus 122. I made him over a $2 favorite with Joe Ryan on the mound. I don't know who's been better so far, him or Sonny Gray, but they have a nice one-two punch if they could keep it consistent throughout the year. But I can't believe we're getting this short of a price with the much better pitcher. Uh, Angels traveling back home from Maryland. Could be a bad spot for them. Uh, I'm also like you. I'm not a big believer in Reed Demers. Angels hit lefties much better than righties, so think this is a good spot for Joe Ryan and the Twins. So I'm going to take the Twins on the money line, minus 122. Yep, we're on the same page there. Uh, but moving on to the next game, you have a matchup between the Red Sox and the Padres. You have Paxton on the mound against, against Snell. The Padres are around minus 150. Red Sox are plus 130. 
Over-unders at 8.5, juice to the over at minus 115. And the Padres minus 1.5 is at plus 130. The Red Sox at plus 1.5 is minus 150. Simply put, I'm all over Boston here. I don't know why Blake Snell is still at minus 150. I've been roasting him for years, and I've made a lot of money fading him. Plus, Boston just completely teed off on Seattle's entire pitching staff over the last couple of days. They've been really good offensively all year long, and Snell's had some home run issues. He doesn't give you much length. San Diego can't hit with guys on base. I'm all over the Red Sox here. I think the wrong team might be favored here because the Padres lost, had another team meeting, whatever that means. Machado's got a fractured hand now. That's a problem. I'm on the Red Sox. Yeah, I don't know. You mentioned uh, earlier when we were talking about the Royals, if uh, they got lucky. I just think the Padres are a bad team. Manny Machado, he's worried about being a minority owner in, a, in an expansion soccer team. He doesn't really care about the team. The owner, the the players meeting, I don't think it's going to do anything. Uh, I, I'm on the Red Sox as well, plus 140. They've cooled down a little bit, but Padres 2-8 and eight in their last 10. Snell, he has pitched better in the month of May, but I still don't trust him. I really don't trust the bats of the Padres. They don't give any of their pitchers any run support. They're averaging 2.6 runs per game in their last five games. That's not going to cut it against a lineup that rakes in the Red Sox. No, he could have a good outing, but if it gets into a slugfest, I just trust the bats of the Red Sox more than the Padres. At plus money, I think you got to take the Red Sox here. Yeah, for me, Machado officially has a fracture, I believe, in his wrist. He's refusing to go on the IL, so I'm not sure how good he's going to look anyway. I don't believe he played last night, but I'm curious if he's going to be missing a weekend. Maybe they'll give him some extra rest. I want to read off the Snell starts recently and just to go through his overall record this season. So the last three starts, 18 innings pitched, 3.5 ERA. He's been better. He's given up less than three earned in four of his last five starts. However, he has made eight starts this season, and the Padres are one and seven, and they have got they've lost by at least two runs in five of those seven losses. So even when he pitches decently, the Padres won't win for him. They don't give him run support. Once again, if a team is one and seven in his eight starts and the team's laying 150, and one of their best players now has a fracture in his hand, I'm going to take the Red Sox. Yeah. yeah. So that's how I look at it. Maybe I'll go back to that play later on in the show. But looking at the last game, you have a matchup between the Marlins and the Giants. Uh, I believe it's the last game. Let me just yeah. quickly check here. Uh, do you know if I missed something? No, no. They're on the other one. Okay. Uh, but I'll, I'll, break, I'll break down this game anyway, and then I'll go back if I forgot something. So... Uh, Looking at the Marlins matchup against the Giants, the Marlins are plus 110. Giants are minus 130. You have Di taking on Alcantara. Over-under at 7.5. Juice to the under at minus 125. And you have the Giants minus 1.5 at plus 165. Alcantara might have made a deal with the Devil where he'd win the Cy Young, but he can never be good again because he's been real underwhelming this year. Di has been around for a while. He's been he's been with the Giants for a couple of years. He's been fine. He's had some injury issues in the past, but he's been for the most part a pretty decent option as a starting pitcher. And this year, nothing different. Three and three, three point zero six ERA, sturdy. And Alcantara has a four point nine one ERA. I think I'm going to lean to the Marlins at plus money. Mm. I don't really like it that much, but I do think these teams are very close to each other. 
The Marlins are arguably the better team because they're two games over 500 and the Giants are three under. Plus money with Alcantara? I'll take a spin. I think it's a bit of a coin flip. Yeah, I'm going to end it with a total. Uh, I took the opening line of six and a half over this morning. I still like the over seven and a half. I made my total 7.7. I I agree. I don't know what happened to Sandy Alcantara, but he does not look like the same pitcher we saw win the Cy Young last year, home or away. It just seems like he just doesn't have his normal stuff. The Marlins, they've lost six of his eight starts. While Anthony Discofani, he's been, he hasn't been that much better. Both pitchers give up runs. So both clubs, bottom 10 bullpens. And at night, we kind of tend to see the ball travel a little farther in the Bay Area. You got 12 mile an hour winds blowing out. Everything screams over to me. So over seven, seven and a half, whatever you could get. I like that. And as a side, I did make the Giants a minus 125 favorite. So gun to my head on the side, I would take the Giants at home. Yeah, I'm just going to lean to the Marlins because I think it's a coin flip. And I think Miami is the slightly better team. Plus that Giants bullpen terrifies me. Yeah, both. And Alcantara, even though he hasn't been good this year, at least when he's on, he can give you eight innings. Discofani, yeah. when he's on, will give you five and two thirds, six runs. So you're still going to be getting a decent amount of run against the Giants' bullpen. And that's not a place you want to be if you have money on the Giants. So I'm going to lean to the Marlins. I'm not going to have any money on the side, probably in anything in this game, but I'm going to lean to the Marlins in that spot. I believe we covered every game. Just double checking. I know last time we did a show together, I accidentally forgot a game. So I want to make <laughs> sure I didn't forget anything. Pretty sure we covered everything. So. That's going to wrap it up for the actual breakdowns for the Friday card. Now, of course, it is time for the lock and dog picks. But before you do that, I can have another word from our sponsor. We're brought to you by Shady Rays. Shady Rays is teaming up with SGPN for Shady Made. Not only do you get an amazing 50% off deal, but you also have the chance to win $500. Shady Rays has durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Where Shader is confidence because they have your back long after purchase. And if you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them, or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. And for international listeners, Shady Rays has you covered as well with shipping to Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the UK. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the code SGPN for 50% off. Two pairs of Polar sunglasses. Then take your receipt to SportsCampPodcast.com slash Shady for your chance to win the $500 Shady May contest. Welcome back, everyone, to the MLB Gambling Podcast. Just finished going through the entire Friday card. Now it's time for the lock and dog picks here with Dylan. Dylan, I'm going to let you go first. What is your lock for the show? All right. Uh, for my lock, I mentioned it. It was one of the late games we talked about. It's going to be twins on the money line. We're getting a short price of minus 122 with just a much better pitcher in Joe Ryan over Reed Demers. Uh, Angels, they don't really hit uh, righties all that well in a travel situation. I just think it's a bad spot for them. Uh, twins on the money line as my lock. And as my dog, I was going between the Red Sox and the Cubs, but... I think you persuaded me a little bit for the Red Sox. So I'm going to take the Red Sox at a plus 135, plus 140 as my dog. Just they don't win. They don't win whenever Blake Snell does. And even if Blake Snell does have a good outing, they don't give him run support. Red Sox, they're bats. They have a top five lineup. I I just think if it gets into a slugfest, the Red Sox are going to win this game. So at plus money, I'm going to take the Red Sox as my dog. Yeah, so for me, first of all, I'll do the dog first. We're going to both take the Red Sox. 
I'm going to take him a plus 130. That price is absurd to me. Once again, the Padres are 1-7 and seven in Snell's eight starts. They have a players-only meeting. Uh, on top of that, Machado's got a fracture in his hand, and he's refusing to go on the IL. So you might want to fade Machado on some props in the short term because with a messed up hand, that might affect the swing. But the point is, the Padres just aren't a team I want to back right now. Boston's offense has been so good, and they're entering this series off of a dominant showing against the uh, Mariners over the last couple of days. Paxton, I'm not a big fan of, but I think he's good enough to at least keep this game close. Snell might run into some problems, and the bullpen has been okay, but they can't hit. So I'm on the Red Sox as well at plus 130 on the money line. And for my lock for the show... I'm going to take the Astros minus one and a half at minus 125 against Oakland. Houston, we are waiting for them to wake up, and they're finally waking up. You look up, they're only two back at Texas. They've won seven of eight, and offensively, they've scored six runs or more in each of the last three games. This series has bloodbath written all over it to me. I think Houston wins each game of the series by at least three runs. I think it's a bloodbath. Give me Houston to win this game comfortably. I think that Waldachuk is a very underwhelming pitcher. He was actually in the Montes trade with the Yankees uh, when they traded him to Oakland. I guess that's a wash because Montes hasn't pitched and uh, Waldachuk's not very good. But I think that Houston's going to bury him. It's in, I know you. I don't know what you want to call it, the shoebox? Is that what you want to call it, Houston? That's what I usually call it. What, what do you hear? Uh, it's, either, uh, it's either that or the juice box because it's Minute Maid yeah. Park. So, oh, okay. I see. Yeah, I kind of came up with juice box, but I like it. So I'm, I'm going to stick with I it. I might, like I might it. that. Put on a t-shirt. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And I think we've seen time and time again, if you want to boost your morale, book the A's on your schedule. Tends to do wonders for you. But I think Houston wins every game in the series by double by a lot of runs. So give me Houston on the run line of minus 125 as my lock. And give me the Red Sox along with you as my dog at plus 130. And your lock was the Twins money line at minus one twenty five, right? Yeah, I was waiting for the the Oakland team total again, Scott. Uh well, I can try to speculate what it's going to be. So totals at nine and a half, juice to the under. So let's assume that's nine. Houston will be at five and a half. So probably uh, could could I don't think it's going to be six and a half. So probably five and a half, three and a half, if I had to guess. Are you going to take the over again? I'm never doing it again. I only took it because <laughs> the Diamondbacks had Nelson on the mound, I believe, who uh-huh. had a six-plus ERA. He had given up at least like two or three earned in each of his six starts this year, or like six of his first seven. So it was really just a spot for me, and Oakland scored nine runs the night prior. I took a flyer. But yeah. no, Houston's going to bury him. They always bury this team. Yeah, I love it. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the MLB Gambling Podcast here for the Friday schedule. You can find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. Find me, find me on the NBA show. Also going to be recording a WNBA show with Terrell in about 10 minutes. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, besides that, doing a tennis show later. So keep an eye out for that as well. But that's all I got. Dylan, you want to wrap? You want to add anything before I wrap it up? Uh, no, just uh, make sure you guys subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Really helps the show. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Rock with Two Ks Twenty Four. And yeah, and saying a little late to the chat, but yeah, we mentioned it. I think I helped the Mets win those two games uh, after my rant. But uh, yeah, great show, Scott. Thanks for filling in again. And uh, yeah, make sure you guys go check out the NBA. Uh, we back in the Lakers tonight. You think they get it done? Personally, yes, I, I think they do, but I might have some props prepared 
Uh, watch the NBA show if you want my full breakdown on it. But I do lean to the Lakers. Yeah, love it. All right, cool. So that's going to wrap it up. Uh, the show will be back once again tomorrow, I believe. Right? You're yeah. Yeah. Video yeah, for, so uh, it's gonna be um, gonna be Malcolm and Noah. They have lock dog, lock and dog in total, and then we're introducing this new segment on Fridays where it's like Future Fridays, where they we we talk about uh, each division player props, uh, player awards, and like Scott and I just talked about a little Cy Young talk. So that's gonna be a new thing on Fridays as well. I believe the uh, buzzword is a turbo episode for Friday. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, But until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.